Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, I've got a really special guest, and I'm really excited. We've got Sarah Barnes Humphrey. Now, I'm going to let everyone knows who Sarah is. So I don't, I don't even know if I need to introduce you, you know? Um, so Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? And, and I see by your mic, let's talk supply chain. That's why we know Sarah. So Sarah, thank you for joining us and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Maria. I'm super excited to be here. I mean, what you are doing is truly amazing. And I'm just honored to be a part of that. So thanks so much for having me. Uh, so my name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, founder and host of Let's Talk Supply Chain podcast. I also have a new podcast out called Blended, which is around uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, we're getting a lot of great feedback for that one as well. Um, and also CEO of Ships, which is a new technology platform. Um, I've been in logistics and supply chain for over 20 years. And I tell everybody, I think it's in my blood. <laughs> it must be. It must be. How has the, okay, first question. In your opinion, how has the industry changed in the last 20 years since Ooh, you got how started? Has it not changed. Right? I mean, I remember having conversations, what? I don't know, maybe 10 years ago around, you know, why a freight forwarder even needs a website, you know, and that wow. was only 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And fast forward to today. In all of the innovations that are, you know, available to us, available to supply chain leaders, um, you know, it's just, it's an exciting time. I mean, yeah. to be in supply chain and logistics, to watch it evolve has been, has been amazing. You know, my career has kind of evolved as the industry has evolved and I'm sure you feel the same way. And I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people in the audience that feel the same way. Um, and we've had a lot of really high highs and some really low lows, especially in the last year with all of the disruptions that have <laughs> Hold on, You mean the last year, i.e. the last decade, that's what it feels like. It feels like we've changed so much this year, woo, you know? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? exactly, exactly. But, you know, people in supply chain and logistics are problem solvers. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, I think all of this evolution just really gets us excited about the next day. I think it's been a little bit more difficult in the last year um, mm. to get excited every single day, just because it feels like we've been firefighting and it's been a lot more stressful for supply chain leaders than I think yeah. we've ever had it before. And, you know, I think support from the C-suite, support from each other, support from the community has been even more pressing than it ever has been for supply chain yeah. leaders as well. Well, you know, if there's one thing, I mean, you could argue that uh, COVID, the one of the many things that it's done, the, the tragic nature of it, how horrible it's been, but there have been some good things that have come out of COVID. I Absolutely. think, first of all, everyone kind of knows what supply chain is. I mean, they're talking about it. Uh, whereas before people didn't know what it was, uh, yeah. the role of the supply chain you know, head is now maybe even someone with a seat at the table. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think anything else that's, you know, what are the opportunities uh, it, it going into next year, you know, this year, next year for a supply chain leader, supply chain exec? Yeah, I think the community has come together um, really in the last year, especially across social media um, and especially yeah. on LinkedIn. Um, I find that people have come together. We've been checking on each other. 
you know, and it's really just drawn out how important the people are in supply Mm -hmm. chain and logistics. I think one of the challenges that we're going to face over the next little while and have been facing for a little bit is the, the support that supply chain leaders and their teams need right now. Yeah. Um, because they're firefighting, there's so many disruptions coming at them. You know, their C-suite and the rest of the company may not understand what's happening and what's involved in just trying to get product through the door and into the hands of customers. Yeah. And we're really going to need to push for business, business units, C-suites to really support supply chain leaders, because otherwise I, I think we might lose some and really, yeah. really good ones. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your uh, blended series, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, You know, you and I are uh, on a list of top 100 women in supply chain, which was awesome how you and I started talking. Um, I think, you know, don't you think it's brilliant that we're that women in general are getting recognized and there's more of us. I can remember being at conferences in supply chain almost 20 years ago and being like to one other woman, you know, at, (laughs) And it that was, was me. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, it was probably me. <laughs> and, and now, you know, uh, so so tell us a little bit about what you, why you decided to start that uh, that blended series. Yeah, well, I'm going to start at the beginning, um, which was right before I rebranded to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I started the Woman in Supply Chain series. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people think that that was around female empowerment. And it really wasn't. It was just, I wanted to learn from other women in the industry. You know, I wanted to learn about their careers. I wanted to learn about their journey. I wanted to know what it was like. What were the pivots that they made? What were the risks that they took, right? And so I started that series just to give a platform for us to really be able to hear more from women in supply chain, right? And not just other women, the next Mm -hmm. generation, of like men in the industry to get an understanding of, you know, how we work, how we think about things, what advice we would give, you know, because I think it's important that we, we understand each other um, because that's how we're going to collaborate and move forward in the industry. And then I, I really, really wanted to um, expand on that because diversity and inclusion is not just about gender, right? It's Mm -hmm. about a lot of different things. And I announced it, I think, early last year, and I had no idea what it was going to look like. And people kept saying, you know, when is this going to come out? When is this going to come out? And I probably spent a good seven months trying to figure out what I wanted it to look like, because it wasn't just another podcast. It wasn't just another vlog or blog. It wasn't just another conversation about DEI. It was, how do we make an impact? How is this going to be different? And how are we going to do that? And so I took inspiration from a lot of different places. Uh, One of them was the Red Table Talk on Facebook Mm -hmm. with Jada Pinkett-Smith. And DEI is all about perspectives. And how do you have a conversation about DEI if you don't have all the perspectives at the table? And you don't have to have all the perspectives at the table every single time, but we do need to hear from everybody. 
And so how do I do that? Right. And how often can I do it? I mean, I already have a podcast. I've got a lot going on. So I had to be true to myself as well. So what I decided was to bring five individuals together to talk about one topic in diversity, um, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And so every single month, and now I have a co-host, Madison Mobley. Mm-hmm. She's my she's my co-host. So now we bring an additional four people together um, to talk about different topics. And it's so interesting because most of the time, the people that are coming on have never met me, and they've definitely never met each other. So and, we're just like thrown together. Everyone's yeah. thrown together. Yeah. Yeah. But and, you know, but 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 brought together by a common cause. You know, by a, a cause that. I'm sure they have opinions on. Yeah. 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 And the beautiful thing about it is the authenticity and the genuinity that comes out of this episode. These episodes are about an hour and a half each. Yeah. Right. Because you got a lot of, you got a lot of perspectives, a lot of of people that need to talk. Right. But they, at the end, when I press stop recording, the amount of times I've heard, thank you. I just Mm. feel heard right? You've Mm. been able to create a safe space for me to speak my truth. And then the feedback afterwards is, wow, I never really thought about it this way. Mm -hmm. Or I'm so glad I heard that perspective, you know, and it's just, it's been amazing. It's, it's been absolutely um, life-changing for me. I was going to say, it sounds like a journey. It sounds like a journey, but, but not dissimilar to the journey that a lot of supply chain functions are going through right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, if if you look back to what this job was like, I mean, even before our time, Mm -hmm. uh, it it was a, well, perceived as a back office, warehousey trucks and right. You know, sort of, (laughs) I don't know, like dark, greasy, you know, some sort of, I don't know how it was perceived, but it certainly wasn't perceived as what it can be today. Yeah. Uh, so, So, I mean, I know we've all heard it before, but I'd like to hear your take on what are the benefits of DEI? What are the benefits of it? You know, let's, let's articulate these. Well, I mean, just humanity. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what it's all about, right? I mean, nobody gets up, you know, and, and intentionally wants to hurt somebody, but you only know what you know at the time. And unless we start talking about it and we start Mm. understanding from different perspectives and you may or may not agree and Mm. that's okay, but at least, you know, right. In the first conversation that we had, um, I had a gentleman from the LGBTQ plus IA community on the show and I asked him because he, he wants people to know how he identifies. And I asked him, I said, can I ask you? can I ask you how you identify? And we do this at the beginning of every single show. Please tell me how you identify (laughs) because it's audio, right? So we want the audience to understand who's speaking. And he said to me, well, it depends. It depends on where I am, the business setting, who I'm with, da, da, da. And I Mm. said, yeah, but man, (laughs) that's a lot for somebody to try to process in wondering, you know, genuinely, how you identify. And so we had this big conversation in the first episode. And at the end of it, he said, you know what? Just ask me. I don't care. doesn't matter where we are and who I'm with. Just ask me. Yeah. That is the power of conversation in DEI. And that is the power that we can make slight changes like that in the workplace 
to make it just easier and safe and make people feel heard. And if they're heard and if they're safe, you create an environment that is valuable, value adding, uh, uh, that can solve problems. I mean, I keep hearing this time and time again, that you include the opinions of people that perhaps you might not have included before and you get to solutions quicker. And, yes. and, and, and you know what, we're in a really weird world right now, aren't we? I mean, this is not, uh, this, this is not, uh, we, there's always been disruption, but at this kind of level, at this pace, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it, we need all hands on deck, don't we, you know, to yep. try to solve some of these problems, right? Absolutely. And it's not just about ROI and it's not no. just about ticking a box and be and marketing, you yeah. know, we've got to get away from that. Yeah. We've got to make it about the conversation and not yeah. about the check marks and the revenue and, you know, the bottom line. So what are you hoping to achieve with the, with your blended series and also with your podcast in general? What, you know, why, what is your thinking behind it? Well, they're two very different things, yeah. right? So blended um, for me, as long as we can, I mean, I'm kind of like this with everything that I do. If we can make an impact in somebody's life on a, you know, any time, then it, then it does make it worth it. And I know that sounds cheesy and, you know, people have used that before, but especially with blended, if we can start making a bit of an impact here and there throughout the industry, I feel like it'll snowball, right? And we'll just make the industry even better than it is already. Yeah. Uh, with, Let's, with Let's Talk Supply Chain, I started the podcast um, because I wanted to showcase companies in supply chain and I've stayed true to that. So the podcast has the Woman in Supply Chain series, but then we also feature innovators, disruptors, companies in supply chain, because I mean, supply chain leaders are so overwhelmed, right? Yeah. And they have a supply chain uh, challenge, but where do they go to find solutions to help with that challenge? There's yeah. not really one place to go for all of that. And so that's why we created the podcast. So people can come to the podcast, they can listen to the episode and really dig deep into what a company does and how they can mm -hmm. help them in their mm -hmm. own time. They're not being sold to. Yeah. Um, and so that's, so they're very, very, very different. Um, yeah. but showcasing it, making it easier for supply chain leaders to do their job. Um, yeah. you know, is, is well, really it, it helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you say, they're overwhelmed and stuff. So in, in, from all your conversations, what is, um, what do you think are the biggest challenges for supply chain leaders today? What right. challenge? Like that is such a loaded, the loaded question. question. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think supply chain leaders have been tasked with so much. I mean, the teams are remote. They've had to navigate through that. They've had to navigate through emotions upstream and they've had to navigate through emotions downstream. And as a leader, it's something that you've had to deal with, but not on this scale. And remotely, like you say. And remotely. And everybody's going through different things at different yeah. times. Yeah. Right. And they process and deal with it a lot differently. So that's, that's one of the challenges. I mean, until we kind of get back to some sort of new normal and things kind of mm. settle a little bit, um, I think that's going to continue to be. Like I said, the support from C-suite is going to be huge um, in for the rest of at least 2021 as we deal yeah. with disruptions. You know, and I think forecasting and planning and trying to figure out how to get their product here, right? Yeah. Like, like ocean freight rates and air freight rates have skyrocketed and you're still looking at double the transit time. 
Yeah. So how do you explain that to the rest of your business units? Or and how do you C- apply that? Yeah. Apply that to be able to make decisions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you forecast? How do you plan? You know, what does that look like? How much inventory do you carry right now? Like pre-COVID, you know, there was a lot of people and a lot of organizations and just in time. Now you're thinking about just in case. Um, you're also thinking about diversifying manufacturing. Do we keep everything in China? Do we move it to- Do we onshore? Yeah. Do we onshore, right? Mm. There's a lot of decisions um, that supply chain leaders are considering and there's technology on top of that. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be something that the whole company needs to come together around, uh, because I don't think everybody has the solutions. I think there needs to be some collaboration among, among supply chain leaders to really figure out, okay, well, this, this works for them. This doesn't work for them. Maybe a hybrid would work for us. Or what does that look like for us? And not, and those changes aren't going to happen overnight. They're going to take some time. And, but I also think it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. I mean, Apple has moved into India for manufacturing um, for a couple of reasons, right? They don't want everything in China, but it also opens up a new consumer market for them that Mm -hmm. they've never really considered. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces here and it's, it's going to be interesting to see where that dust settles. I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's, it's not like there's any roadmap or any historical right. evidence where we can say, yeah. well, you know, this was done 10 years ago, or we tried this 10 years ago. We're kind if anything, COVID and the uh, era of disruption that we're in right now is leveled the playing field to some degree where all supply chain people are kind of in the same boat, you know, trying to do as best as they can and make it up as they go along. But going back to your earlier point, it's in our blood, right? Supply chain yeah. leaders kind of love and thrive on crisis and on on change and being able to pivot and being agile. Um, you just talked about just in time and just in case. Do you think that COVID and all this has been this sort of death of just in time to some degree? I'm not sure. I think I think that I think we're going to have to give it some time to see what happens. You know, I think there are innovations, technology, like 3D printing Mm -hmm. that we haven't even utilized to its fullest potential that could potentially help with some of that. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there's a lot of things to, to look at. Um, there's also capital expenses around just in case. Yeah. Right. You increase your footprint, you increase your inventory. You've got a lot of cash held up in product. Mm. Right. So, you know, that may or may not be needed. That may or may yeah. not be needed because of, you know, shifting uh, demand and uh, the economic, you know, the, the consumer is changing so rapidly, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of their taste and stuff. That's, it's a crazy, it's a great time to be in supply chain. Yeah, but data is going <laughs> to help with that too, right? So I think data will be the driving force once things yeah. sort of settle down to really figure out where people are going to land with just in time yeah. versus just in case. You know, I, I once said that I think that supply chain has had a bit of an image issue uh, as a yes. profession, don't you think? It's <laughs> yeah. sort of, it's, it's, it's not the kind of, you know, I don't know, like I, I certainly, when I was in school a million years ago, uh, didn't get told, you know, by my supply, by my counselor, you know, supply chain is a potential option for, for you to go into. <laughs> it's not really, you know, glamorous, you know, no one says, oh, I got really want to work in supply chain, but yet so much innovation is happening here. Mm-hmm. What responsibility do you think we have to the next generation to highlight success stories in supply chain? 
of all colors, of all shapes and sizes. Huge, huge responsibility. Because the only way that we're going to get the next generation and new innovation in this space is by talking about it and by sharing our journeys. Um, and it really comes down to us. Like, what were the opportunities? I mean, the amount of places in the world that I've been able to see from my career mm-hmm. has been huge, mm-hmm. you know, and that's an opportunity that I, that the next generation wants, but they don't necessarily know that it's linked to logistics or supply chain. And what does that look like? Like, how do you get to a place where you can travel to all these places? What does that look like? What role do you have to be in? Um, there's myself and a couple of supply chain experts have come together and we're going to colleges and universities to talk about supply chain um, and just have an ask us anything type forum. And we all come from different aspects of supply chain, uh, from procurement to you know, technology to sourcing. There's a couple of entrepreneurs in there, media, marketing. Um, and I think it's important that we show up and say, hey, this is my journey. This is my story. What do you want to ask me? What, a, what does, like, we can tell you what the real world looks like and, and maybe how to get started or what you need to think about now mm-hmm. to really help you along in that career. And why it's a good career even. You yeah, know? exactly. So let's hear the origin story. How did you get into supply chain? I mean, we, we both talk about how nobody told us that supply chain was an option, but yet here we are, two women talking supply chain. Exactly. Uh, it's awesome. How did that happen? How did, what's your origin story? How did you get here? So my dad, um, my dad bought the freight division of Livingston in Toronto back in 1989 and started a freight forwarding company. Okay. And so, so it is I in remember, your blood. Yeah. I remember hearing about it at the dinner table. And so when I left high school, um, when I left high school, I decided that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I mean, I had thoughts about it. I really wanted to follow in my grandfather's footsteps and be a policeman, (laughs) but I'm not very good with uh, blood. (laughs) So that was kind of like, no. Yeah. Um, And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had the opportunity to start off as reception at my dad's company. And what that allowed me to do was get hands-on experience um, while also getting my diplomas and my designations. I took 10 years and I took courses all over the place. I took freight forwarding courses. I took customs courses. I took supply chain management courses. And, you know, I would take one and I would pivot if I didn't like it. Right. Mm. So I wasn't stuck to a four-year degree that maybe I wanted out of. You know, and you were learning hands-on, you know, completely yeah. hands-on. Yeah. And I ended up um, doing a fit, the Forum for International Trade Training. I ended up doing um, their, desi- de- their designation program and I'm on their board today. Oh, so nice. yeah, and we've done a lot of work together in the logistics field. Um, but I went into trucking. I was in operations for eight years, air freight, ocean freight, customs, warehousing, mm-hmm. you name it. And then I went into sales. So I got to sell all of those services and talk to all the importers and exporters. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up as director of sales and marketing. And that's when I started the podcast. And that's when I started my tech company. Right. So tell us about the tech company. Yeah, well, so my- Because it sounds exciting. It sounds exciting. (laughs) 
It is. It is. It's um, it's a difficult space, but it, it, it's very, very exciting. So my years in operations made me really understand what it was like to be a freight provider. And then my years in sales really helped me understand what it was like to be an importer and exporter. And to this day, they're still going like this, right? Yeah. They're not, they're not, things aren't seamless. There's challenges yeah. on both sides. And so I knew technology would help with that. So we started off with a marketplace of where, you know, importers and exporters can come on the, the platform. They can put in all their shipment details for air and ocean freight and the freight forwarders can bid. Mm -hmm. um, we've now, we're now also offering it as a white label or a licensing option to both sides so that they can have their own ecosystem and work better together with their freight forwarders or their shippers. Wow. I mean, sounds like you're solving so many, you've got a lot of spinning plates, don't you? <laughs> And they, but they kind of intertwine, right? Yeah, and they're, but they're solving problems. I mean, that's they that's are, the key yeah. to it. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's that's the key to this. You know, this isn't something you are actually solving problems. Let's go back to, to the conversation about uh, uh, diversity and inclusion because they're mm -hmm. not they're not the same thing, are they? Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people get that wrong. You know, what do you think the problem is with that perception of diversity and inclusion in in general at the moment? Generalizing, of course. I don't know if there's really a right and a wrong, right? When you think about diversity and inclusion, you think about perspective and nobody's perspective is necessarily right or wrong. It's, it's their perspective. Yeah. And it could lead to right solutions. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if it, if there's a, there's a right or wrong way. I think there's a wrong way to think about it from, a bottom line or, you know, check marking a list, you know, I think that is the wrong way to think about it. But I think what diversity and inclusion gives us is the ability to have an open mind, not only for ourselves, but have an open mind for each other and understanding that it's not always about right or wrong. There's also places in the middle where we can play together and, you know, have dynamic conversations and have understanding and lean in and have sp safe spaces of dialogue. I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, Marcus Paganini from the Johnson & Johnson's consumer segment, and he gave an amazing analogy. He said to me, he said that diversity is, in is inviting someone to the party, yes. inclusion mm -hmm. is asking them to dance. And I yeah. just thought that was so brilliant. And I think some companies probably focus so, you know, initially, rightly so for them, they think they're doing the job and they stop at the diversity thing, box ticked, like you say, uh, but asking them to dance, to get involved. Yeah. What does that look like? What does that look like in an it's, ideal world? You know, it's conversation. Literally, we just need to open up and lean in and have conversation. Conversation for understanding, not conversation for response. Mm. So when he's talking about dancing, I mean, you want to dance with everybody. <laughs> Mm -hmm. right? You want to have a conversation with everybody. We want to get understanding. You want to be heard and you want to speak your truth and you yeah. want to hear others and you want to hear their truth. Yeah. Just to get a better understanding. And I think that that's an amazing analogy, by the way. I, I, I do too. I, I was like this, I was absolutely impressed by that. And I think it's a great analogy. Um, and I mean, you know, we're both women in supply chain I mean, you, you and I could probably, if we had a longer time could talk about it, the multiple stories we've had where, <laughs> You know, I mean, I've been in meetings, not going to give specifics of anything where I've been asked to make the tea and coffee 
you know, and, and, and I was one of the directors in the business and just, you know, you know we can all tell tales about uh, situations that we've had to go through. Uh, but I think it's our responsibility, isn't it, as, as women in uh, leaders in supply chain to sort of uh, highlight the stories. You and I, we've got a platform, you know, we've got a platform, we've got a mic, uh, a video cam and the willingness, right? So it's, it's our responsibility. Is, is that something you take seriously? Is that something that you really you know, uh, believe in. Yes. I, but I also, you know, I hate the, I hate the thing around calling things out. Yeah. I would rather teach. Mm. Right. So have somebody understand why, what they said could potentially be hurtful or, or whatever that word is attached to their action, Mm. having a conversation around what that actually means because not all the time is that intention cruel. Hmm. That intention could just be from what they know in that particular moment, right? So I think, I think we have to have a level of empathy. And I think being able to use our microphones and using our platforms to create safe space, to create that dialogue so people can understand why that comment was inappropriate. So them asking you to make the tea, hmm they probably didn't even think twice about it. No, nor nor, nor was there any intention to insult, you know what I mean? Exactly. But instead of saying or calling it out publicly or whatever that looks like, pulling them inside and saying, hey, you know, I don't mind getting the tea and coffee, but maybe next time you can ask Jack. Because at the end of the day, you know, I feel like sometimes you ask me that because I'm a woman. Exactly. Whether that's your intention or not, that's how it makes me feel. Yeah. So next time, if you could ask Jack, that would be amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and having more of those conversations, more of those, yeah. I, I loved what you said. And that's a word that is not used very often in business. Is it empathy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not used very often in politics, but that's another story. That's another <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> that's another podcast, but, but you know what I mean? Um, so, so coming back to the world that we're in right now, COVID, still no light at the end of the tunnel, really. I mean, we're hoping there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to ask you to sort of look into a magic, you know, crystal ball, crystal ball. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what do you think the industry is looking like? You know, what are the prognosis for the next year, this, the next 12 months, what are supply chain leaders going to be preoccupied with and what should they be preoccupied with? That's another loaded question. I love asking loaded questions. <laughs> you can see, I love it. Um, I think we need to be kind to ourselves for the rest of 2021, because I think there's going to continue to be disruptions um, and there's going to be a lot of learning. There's going to be a lot of pressure. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of learnings that come from the next, what what are we, like a couple of months till the end of, of 2021. I think that 2022, you know, is hopefully going to, bring some more stabilization to the industry with hopefully less disruptions um, and giving supply chain leaders a bit of a breather to really take a look at what they're doing and figure out like there's, I think in the, this last year, it's really given us an eye-opening, you know, opportunity to see the, the opportunities And what is possible and what could be possible. And I, I think that we need to embrace that 
but I think we need to be kind to ourselves before we can do that because there's a lot of firefighting going on. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure and there's only so much that we can do, but we also need to look out for each other and look out for our teams. I think mental health for, for yeah. the rest of 2021 is going to be huge as we try to get back to new normal and whatever that looks like. I mean, we're still not out of the woods yet. Right. And I think mental health is a huge one right now. I've spoken to a few supply chain leaders that are just like, there are days I just want to lay on my kitchen floor mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I just don't know what to tell anybody. I'm tired of yeah. telling people that the product's going to be delayed, you know, and that there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Whilst balancing out childcare, yes. dogs, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, multiples, exactly. multiple meetings. It's, it's another layer of mm -hmm. complexity. It just is. I think you're right. I think, I think supply chain leaders pat yourselves on the back for what we've yeah. done, what has been done in the last year. I think that yeah. we need to take a moment there to sort of say, wow, what you've accomplished clap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back for what you've achieved and now cut yourself some, some slack, cut yourself yeah. some slack. You're, you know, you're keep doing what you're doing really well uh, and focus we, you right yeah. on, on we mental health. You. We see yeah. you. Yeah. We see you. Yeah. It's an exciting time to be in supply chain. I really love supply chain. So <laughs> it's an exciting time, Sarah, this is all the time we've got it for, for this podcast, but I hope we see you again. Um, Sarah Barnes Humphrey, it's been amazing having you here. I'm, su I'm surprised we didn't do it before. Uh, no. and if, if you're watching, check out her podcast, uh, and, uh, you know, let's talk supply chain and I'm sure we'll be doing more things together. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This was an amazing conversation. I can't wait to do it again. Great. Thank you. And for those of you watching, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.